Nico, thank you so much for being here in my podcast. I really appreciate your time. And I'm very excited to, to know more about your story. So why don't you say hi to the audience and maybe start introducing yourself. What's going on, everybody? I'm Nico Lagin. I am... What am I? That's always a good question. Let's say that I'll introduce myself as the, an eternal student. I help men find purpose. I am an author, podcaster. I create content full-time. I have a video production company where I help other content creators either get started or take it to the next level. And yeah, I, I'm just someone that's trying to make a difference. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for that. So, um, I, I think it would be best if we start basically with your youth, you know, you, you had, a history that, you know, helped you transform. So why don't we start, you know, the beginning? It's, it's a reality that I've done a lot of stupid stuff in my life that there's no doubt about it. This is what happens when a man or a boy or a young man does not have other masculine men around him. He will look for them. And unfortunately, when I was young, what did I know about what a father figure should be? So when my dad left, I was 14 years old. I saw him an, a handful of time by the time I, by the time he died and I was 29 when he died and, and I had been eight years since I spoke to him and almost 10 years since I seen him. So he did not have a begin. It, it, he left a massive hole when he left and you know, a woman, a mother cannot teach a boy how to become a man. It yeah. takes another man in order to teach a boy how to become a man in the same way as a father cannot teach his daughter how to become a woman. They can show they can show her how or what are the qualities that a good man should have and the same thing for a mother. A mother can teach her son what are great qualities that he should be looking for in a partner when when he's of that age. But my mother couldn't teach me, so I was left on my own. And back then, I'm, I'm a bit older than I like to admit to it. But I, back then, I, I was listening to rap, like the gangster stuff, the Wu-Tang, the Nas, Tupac, the Notorious B.I.G., like the real ghetto rap. And they were my heroes. So to me, quitting school to start to sell drugs, to consume drugs, to drink every day, to rap, go after women this is all i cared about so by the age i was by the age of 15 i dropped out of school i barely had three years of high school and i continued selling drug and i can i became an alcoholic i became a drug addict by the age 17 i was leaving my mom's house and i was living by myself i continued this until i was about 20 or 21 somewhere like i was between 20 and 21 and, and, you know, looking back, it makes sense as an adult, as somebody that's more mature now, I can look back and simply say that I was looking for, for a father figure in all the wrong places because I had no clue what it was to be a good man. So how was I supposed to recognize one? And my, and my mother just gave up at a certain age, past 15. She's just, you know what? Do whatever it is that you want to do because she couldn't handle me yeah. so 
this unfortunately is the story of a lot of boys nowadays, of a lot of a teenager nowadays, and it doesn't necess- they don't necessarily need to go into uh, selling drugs, becoming addicts. But today, the addictions are a bit different. They don't necessarily have to do with drugs. It could be that they spend their days on their cell phone. It could be that they're playing video games all day that they have. At the end of the day, what it comes down to is young men lack purpose. They don't know what they're supposed to do. They don't know what the next step of their evolution is because there's no men or there's not a lot of men there to teach them. So it's not surprising that our young men are in a situation where not only don't they know. No, you know, I was also raised by a single mother. We ended up dying when I was 10. And you know what you were saying is true. Not only do the parents need to teach them like verbally, but I think the kids just learn it as well, just by osmosis, just by being a doesn't, right? That the doesn't need to tell them this, is how you're going to live your life, blah, blah, blah. It's just that you just learn by being with them, right? So I think when they're not there, it's like this huge hole that uh, as I get older, I reflect on how much that like really messed me up in so many, just the lack of a father figure. And then you realize it's really sad because a lot, like you say, a lot of people are, are going through that and, and it's kind of, you're already starting at life with a huge, uh, handicap, you know? Yep. A hundred percent. You're, you're a hundred percent right. So basically throughout history, there were rites of passages. Boys had to be taught how to become men. And if you looked at it when they were younger until the age, if we take the agogi from the Spartans, for example, which is an example that's always used, but until the age of seven or eight, they were raised with their mothers. Like mothers were doing most of the teaching. They teach the boy the emotional component, like the love that a mother needs to give to their son in the same way as a son can love a female can love a woman can love and that transcribes into the rest of its life. But by the time they reach a seven or eight, it's time for him to be completely removed from feminine energy and be put into masculine energy where other men that are older than him, that are more mature than him will teach him all the skills that their society feels need to be taught to men. This is what the rites of passages are for. They're supposed to give purpose to a man. My first book is about giving purpose to men that are in mid-30s to mid-40s, when they've already accomplished a lot of things in their lives. But the next books, uh, I have four other books that I'm going to write. And one, uh, and I'm going to write one for all, all single stages of a, of a boy slash man's life. Because to me, there's three main purposes or there's three steps into a man's life. The first step is to be taught how to be a man. How does a boy transform into a man? This is through rites of passages. And then what happens when a man is a man? What's the next step? Well, he needs to become a good man. He needs to realize that there are virtues, there are certain skills, there are certain values that he needs to have in order to become a good man. This is the book I'm working on right now. And those are not taught. So guys are, can never become a good man unless they do the work. Good thing that the internet exists and we have a lot of access to great men. Like it's easy to find a good influence online. You'll find for every 10 
bad influence, you might find one maybe, but there's still a lot of them yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into the, the virtues. You chose five virtues. Well, I'm going to start by saying that I didn't invent anything. This existed way before I was born and will exist way after I'm dead. All I did is I'm an, I'm an avid reader. I read every day and I read 20, 30, 40 books a year. I'm always reading and I don't read stories. I read pieces of history. I like stoicism. I'm a big fan of Gnosticism, Christian text, Buddhism, psychology. I'm a big fan of philosophy. So I read stuff that will bring something to me that I can teach to people through my content online, right? And those are, are very based on Stoic texts. The Stoics had four virtues. I have five because to me, all I'm doing is bring it back, bringing it to 2023, to the, tw to, to the 21st century. I'm taking old principle, repackaging them, but the, the spirit of it is the same. So to me, five virtues. You need to be courageous. First and foremost, a man needs to be courageous. I don't think I need to explain why you need to be courageous because if you don't have the balls to do something, you're never going to achieve shit. Courageous in all if aspects you, of life. And you're pursuing your dreams, uh, everything. 100%. And there's a massive misconception when it comes to bravery or to being, courage, or to, to being courageous that it's a lack of fear. It is not. Being courage is like being courageous is when there's fear present, you choose to do it still knowing that you're scared. Somebody that doesn't have it. Show me somebody that says that they're, that they're fearless. I'll show you a liar. There's no such thing as someone that has no fear. And if they do have no fear at all, that's a psychological problem. You have, there's mental issues going on. So a man needs to be courageous. Second, a man needs to be a protector. He needs to be physically fit. He needs to know how to fight. He needs to be ready to defend his family. Why I think it's so important is because I'm the perfect example. When I went back to school, when I decided to put aside all my stupid ways and go back to school, I started going to the gym. I was 145 pounds soaking wet. I was a skinny basketball player. This is what I've done my whole life. And I discovered the gym. So one of the things that the gym taught me is you can imagine the body that you want to want, that you want to have. So in your head, you're like, I'm going to hit the gym because one, I want to get better cardio. I want a bit of, I want to put a bit of muscle mass. I want to work my muscle, my heart. And I have a certain image in my head of what I want to look, I want to look like. And there's nothing more motivating than being able to see a change physically. You look in the mirror and you're like, oh, this is what I look like now. You can pull up pictures and you're like, this is what I was. And then you look at yourself. But through that process of changing your body, what you are developing is discipline because you know that you need to eat better. You know that you need to be consistent. You need to go to the gym. You need to do what needs to be done. Then you realize that, oh, my workouts are crap when I don't sleep properly. So you start, the fact that you start putting your body as a priority in your life and you stick to it will teach you 
discipline. And the next thing that you realize is that I went from looking like this to looking like that. Mm -hmm. So the, the self-confidence that you're building step by step by realizing that it is something that you're capable. You are a lot stronger than you think you are. And then one thing that the nicest thing that happens is that you start realizing that there is a connection between your body and your mind. Because if you start treating your body like a machine, like you give it the respect that it needs, you will see your mindset completely change. Just the way you feel about the world will, will completely change. If you don't have purpose, if you don't have a greater purpose in your life, of course you don't feel, you don't feel okay because you have no reasons to be here. So what's your reason for living? There's no point living if you don't have a reason to be here. And the first step is to put your body into shape. Protect, like as a protector, you also need to know how to fight. So martial art is a must. We're both fan of Muay Thai. I've been in Muay Thai for more than 20 years now. I love Muay Thai. Muay Thai is my favorite martial art. And you know, I had no intentions of fighting. I fought about 12 times as an amateur. I won, I won a massive competition in Iowa, like the TBSA. I don't know if you know what they are. No, I don't but know. They're the biggest tournament of Muay Thai in North America, amateur. And I won it nine years ago. And that was my goal. Wow. But when I first started fighting, I had no intentions of fighting. All I wanted to do, my point was to learn how to fight. Then my coach saw something in me that I didn't see. And he's like, bro, you need to fight. We have in-houses. We organize fights at the gym. We invite other gyms to come. I want you to fight. I'm like, okay, no problem. Then after my first fight, I'm like, hey, I'd love to win a championship. Took me a few years, but I won that championship. But looking back, like I haven't fought in nine years now. And looking back, martial art taught me so much. And it's so much more than just becoming a protector. It showed me that I wasn't made of glass, that I wouldn't break that easily. It showed me that I'm so much tougher than I thought I was. It showed me how to be coachable. It showed me how to depend on others. It showed me how to become disciplined. It showed me again, that connection between your mind and your body, because most people quit when their mind quit. Very rarely do you see people push themselves to a point where the body shuts down because technically you're capable. I've lost consciousness before when training, when fasting for too long. This is my body telling me, Brett, you're done. <laughs> you're done. But we tend to quit so much prior to that point because our yeah. mind is weak. And martial art taught me that. It taught me how strong I am. And then that's the second virtue. Third virtue, to become a, you need to be a provider. If you, as a man, your job's to provide. And that's monetarily and emotionally. Because as a protector, your job is to make sure that your family is safe. That means that you need to have enough money to make enough money to create an environment where your wife and your children can be raised into where they are quote unquote at a home in your house behind closed doors, your children should feel safe. You should provide them with everything that they need. You want your kids to never feel that they're surviving 
so that they can grow in their mind because that's your job. You need to give them all the opportunities that you can in order for them to develop their minds and become better human beings. Then you need to have temperance. You need to control your emotions or your emotions will control you. And this is a big problem we see today. One of the best examples is think about uh, road rage. I was looking at this last week and it's something like 80 to 85% of, of drivers admit that within the last year they had road rage. More than 80% of people, four out of five people admit it. Have you ever considered that person that, that just cuts you off in traffic? He's not thinking about you anymore. You, on the other hand, are obsessed by it. You might ruin an hour, two hours, the rest of your day being pissed off at that guy. Why? Yeah, I was thinking about this lately because I think that when we are unhappy with ourselves, it's when we kind of overreact to this type of people because we have a, a way to channel that inner hatred that we have towards ourselves to that person. It's like, okay, now I can justify, you know, I don't know, like it's kind of like a, like, but it really starts with us being not happy with ourselves, right? I, I create, all I do is create content nowadays. I, and I, I get millions and millions of views every month. So you can imagine the hate messages that I get. But the point in the matter is that it used to piss me off, used to really bother me. And now I'm at a point where I have fun with it because at the end of the day, as you so said, it is not me that they hate. It is themselves. Who cares? Because yeah, you're happy with yourself, but when you're unhappy, it's an opportunity to release that. Of course. So it's it's a it's like a therapy, but it's not right. It's like a way to like vent out there's and I do it myself when I'm feeling bad. I'll I'll comment. Yeah. But you know I'll and I, but I I recognize that I'm that's what I'm doing right. But but I think one thing that I think is extremely important is to not take things personal. And I've, everybody has said that a million times, but to really kind of. Because I'm very sensitive and I kind of get triggered a lot. And I'm trying to, every time, like, be more detached from my person. You know what I mean? Like, they're just seeing, they're not seeing me, my soul, my whole life, my whole. They're just seeing a body. They're just seeing a few words that I could have said. So it's like, you know, maybe we could have been, like, best friends in another circumstance, right? So it's, like, so important to kind of, like, detach from things, kind of. Detach from yourself, detach from your ego, right? I don't know. How, how do you do it to take things less personally? Like, what are, what are the things that go through your mind when you get triggered to react to somebody's comments or something like this? I, I don't really get triggered by that stuff at all. Because at the end of the day, one thing that I've realized is that they don't know me. How, why yeah. would I allow somebody that doesn't know me to hurt me, it makes no sense to me. It makes zero, zero sense. There's, there's only a few people in my life that have the power to hurt my girlfriend, my two best friends, my mother and my sister, five people. As soon as you start having an impact, people are going to hate on you. It, it goes with it. It's just the way it is. Everybody but, gets hit online, even the nicest. You know, even oh, if Mother yeah. Teresa oh. was a YouTuber, like she oh, would have yeah. gotten hate as well. Like everybody yeah. without exception. A hundred percent. And for all the content creators out there, you should always engage with your haters, especially at the beginning. When you're starting, 
always engage with your haters because the more comments you have on a post, the more the algorithm of a YouTube, Alpha, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook is going to push your content. Thanks if you have haters, conversation. yeah, it doesn't matter to them. And I'm so good at it now that I, I just keep them coming. I have haters that come. I have five or six haters that comes back every day. I think they follow me just to comment. It's hilarious. So you're like, you want more comments in a video? You send them a link to your video so they can comment. I, I've never done that, but I should tag them. Like yeah. knowing that I'm going to piss them off, I should tag them right in the post. Oh man, but yeah, I, it's yeah, like it's a, it's interesting strategy, but but I think eventually when you get big enough, you just have to let them just say whatever you want because there's gonna be hundreds of people saying things, right? So, well, the thing is, is you know, most of my content now get thousand, 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 hundred thousands of views. I, I lose control. I can't answer them. Maybe the first, if I'm in in front of my phone, the five, ten, fifteen, twenty minutes, I'll answer. I'll talk to some people because some people are always. I have a lot of people that are always the same people that are commenting on my stuff and I enjoy their comments. I like to to those. You already so know that by will. first name basis and everything. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't even need to see the name. I recognize the picture. Just the picture yeah. of profile when they're commenting. I know exactly who it is. So take the time to engage with them because I love to engage with them. Yeah. But at the same time, you need to be careful because it's poison. Yeah, exactly. It is poison for your mind. And this I have right. to learn. I, I'm a I'm a big meditator. I'm somebody that's very in touch with how I am. I like to center myself, right? And I can see, like for a few months, I could see it affecting me and it affected everything outside of my life because I was reading those and I couldn't understand. I was like, they don't know me. Why are they talking? And I was trying to change them. You know, there's there's three types of people you're going to deal with on on social media. The people that are going to like you no matter what. Whatever you do, they're a fan. They like you. So whatever you do, they'll be on your side. Then you have the people that no matter what, they hate. It does not matter why they don't like you. Donald Trump is the perfect example. Look at Donald Trump's people. You have people that love him no matter what. You have yeah. hate him no matter what. And then you have people in the middle where mm. those are the people you're trying to influence is the people that are ready to listen, but they need to be convinced. They don't know you, but they're ready to listen. Those are the best people out there because those are the people you can actually impact. Mm. And unless the person is one of your followers that really loves you or one of the people that are trying to be convinced, don't waste your time with the third. You'll never change their mind. And that middle ground people that are kind of more rational, like they want to hear what you have to say like what percentage i mean I, I, obviously you, there's no way to know for sure but what what do you think percentage of people are like that in general online well you know there's um there's something called the bell curve it is an analysis of pretty much every problem in there every single topic and the bell curve pretty much shows that like like let's say let's think politics for example the bell curve indicates that most people agree on 60 to percent of things but then you have the two extremes like you know what they call the far left and the far right those people are normally about 20 percent, like 10 percent on each side mm -hmm. so if you remove those two extremes the 80 percent in the middle normally agrees on most things so to me this is about the people you're you're gonna have probably 10 percent of people that are gonna hate 
you're going to have 10% of people that will love you no matter. And then the rest is somewhere in the middle. So it's that 60 to 80% of people that yeah. you might be able to convince. That's really good to know because I think it's very easy. Like that's the power of negativity that one negative comment can weigh yeah. so much. Like it can erase in your mind a hundred good ones. So it's like we have, because we're emotional creatures, like we feel and then we think, so we think like everybody yep. could hate you or whatever. And it's like, no, actually that's just like tiny percentage. Another percentage is crazy for you. And then the vast majority or like 60, 80%, like you said, is like normal people that are just normal. You know, they're not this crazy keyboard warriors. They're not this crazy fanatics. They're just normal everyday guys that, you know, you're just going to scroll on your video though. You know, the people in that 60 to 80% in the middle that don't necessarily agree with you are not going to go and comment on your stuff. They're just going to scroll to the next one. So chances are you'll never hear about them. What you're hearing about the haters is really the 10% or the complete opposite of where you stand. Those are the people that you will hear about all the time. And I remember years ago, Joe Rogan was having a podcast and that's what he was saying. That the bigger you get, the more haters you get. But it's always a proportion. And he was talking about that, about 10% of people are, are haters, like absolute haters. And there's nothing to do. So don't waste your time thinking about it. But at the same time, if you see that only 10% of people are bashing you in your comments, that means that 90% of people that commented on your stuff either agree with you or, or are interested in knowing more. This is a beautiful mark, yeah, 90%, 90s. But as you, as you said, we tend to spend a lot of time on the 10% and not spend, look, look at the political spectrum. Look at the left, the right, and libertarian sitting in the middle. It is proven that we're about 80% in agreement. No matter what it is, unless you're on the extreme, then there's nothing, nothing I can do, but the inside of the bell curve. We agree on most things, but instead yeah. of focusing on the 70, 80% of things we agree on, we focus on the 20 that we don't, but yet 80% in agreement. That's, that, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You're never going to agree with anybody a hundred percent. This does not happen. I know. I've also been thinking a lot about this, how we love to argue, right? Like I myself, like I've watched videos, like how to stop arguing. Like <laughs> it's like so hard to, to just not argue with yeah. people you know what i mean like yeah. then the internet is the perfect place to just unleash all the argument you would ever want and that's like it. you look at reddit and everything is like everything is just it starts with like something like they agree and then it's like this little disagreement and then you keep going down the thread and eventually like insults personal insults like some guy like you can see like they're really emotionally affected and sometimes those <laughs> sometimes those arguments like even in real life go to like people can like end up killing themselves for the stupidest little disagreement. You know, it just, what? we can't, we can't accept that people are different than us. Like, why are we so stubborn and why do we want to be right so badly? Like what's wrong with human beings? It's, you know, if you look at the psychology behind it is because we want to belong. This is something that, that humankind individuals do not want to be alone. They want to be part of groups. They always want to be around other people that aren't like them. They want to feel like they belong to something. And 
push it even further, and I find it absolutely fascinating that when you become good friends with someone or you meet someone that you really like, you know, sometimes you just get in a conversation with someone, you're like, man, that dude's awesome. I really, really enjoy the way that guy is. If you think about it, if you look at the psychology behind it, the reason you like him is because he reflects you. He actually, there's, you see yourself in him. It's called mirroring. He's like a reflection of you. So, so the part reason of you that, that you, you like, right? Exactly. So you, the people that you like are because they remind you of something in you or something that you can become in the same, the same, the opposite is also true. The people that you don't like also reflect something about you that you don't like. It's just that now they put a face on it. So instead of looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, you're the problem, but deep down, you're like, that guy has the same bad traits that I have that I don't like about myself. So I'm going to hate him for it instead of hating myself. Exactly. Exactly. And this is, and you know, this is why temperance is so hard. This is... This is the hardest virtue to get. I don't, I don't believe that somebody can become a hundred percent tempered. I think that it's a life goal to go through and try to become as, as much possible, as much as possible to become tempered. So through temperance, I've learned how to grow, not worth your time, not worth your energy and just move on with your life. Yeah, you gotta choose your battles, right? That's one thing I always train oh, myself. Oh yeah. It's like, oh yeah. It's, it's so hard to control yourself sometimes. That's what I tell myself because it's ego, right? What's so hard to? It's our own ego. What's so hard to take the L? If somebody like insults us, we feel like we wanna compensate how they made us feel, and yep. kind of. So yep. we're like, we can't take that loss. We have to even it out. But it's like by trying to even it out, we're making a bigger loss by you know. 100%. We might end up the whole our whole life in jail for this stupid thing, all because 100%. of our ego. So it's like, um, I don't know. Every time I try to kind of be more okay with having these little losses, like uh, ego losses, because they're actually wins. You know, it's like, huh? okay, you insulted me. I didn't do anything. That's not the manliest, you know, thing. It hurts my manliness a little bit, but I'm not in jail. You know, my day went on. So. So yeah, it's hugely difficult to do that, to have temperance here. It's the hardest one. It's the hardest one by far. And the fifth one is faith. And I say faith, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. Like I'm not your typical Christian, but I believe in God. So God, like we tend to see faith as something that is, that belongs to religion and it doesn't need to. faith to me is three things. If without faith, it's impossible for you to build self-confidence. You, If you want to build self-confidence, you first need to believe that you're capable of doing something. You're capable of achieving something. So the first step is to have faith, is to believe that you're able to do that. The second is relationship. doesn't matter that it's with a bro or it's, it's with your girlfriend. You need to have faith that they are the person they say they are that they can be trusted. But first, it comes with believing that they are, that you believe what they they are. And then third is 
having faith in something greater than yourself. I call it God, but call it the universe, call it nature, call it whatever it is that you want to call it. At the end of the day, how can you ever expect to find your life purpose if you don't believe that you were put here for a reason? If you don't have faith that you're meant for something greater. And this is why faith is so important. It is the number five, not because it's the less important, but because it wraps everything together. I live my life on faith. I have faith that what I'm doing is I know it is the right thing to do. I am, it's not even no, I'm convinced what I'm doing right now is exactly what I was supposed to do, what I'm supposed to do. And my faith allows me to do it in a way that is never questioned. I know that I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing. So for me to wake up every morning and just do is super simple because I know that this is, I have faith, a hundred percent faith that this is what I'm supposed to be. So faith is tied into purpose. hundred percent. You will never be able to find your real purpose if you don't first have faith in the fact that you were put here for a reason. All tied up to purpose, a hundred percent. You said it, you're bang on. You caught this, you basically caught on to what I'm trying to say. This is exactly right. Without purpose, a man's life is meaningless. Yeah. I also have faith in God and he, there's really only two options. Either everything is happening for a reason or nothing yeah. is happening for a reason. hundred percent. So, 100%, right. you know, why are we here? What's our purpose? Who put us here? Right. I'm so grateful that I do have that conviction and that faith. So, you know, spirituality gives you that kind of view beyond death. That's kind of what, how I see it. I don't know what you, what you think about it. That, that's a, that's a, wow, that is a long conversation to have what I think about it is I'm an extremely spiritual person. I've been spiritual for a very, very long time. I'm not your typical Christian. I don't, I don't believe in the dogma of religion. I don't believe that, uh, I speak to God every day. We have, I have a relationship with God that is very personal to me. And I don't need a priest to tell me that I'm right or wrong, or I should be doing this. I should be doing that. When you start following your heart and it is sincere, it's authentic. I know what I'm supposed to do because God tells me I can, if I have questions, I ask and I'll eventually get the answer. It might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, might not, it may take five years, but at the same time, I'm always listening. I'm very, very in tune with who I am and I don't believe in coincidences. Everything that happens in my life, I question it. I will go back, I will sit down, I'll smoke a cigar and I'll reflect on what are the things that happened to me? Why do I think they happened to me? What are the lessons that I'm supposed to learn from those situations? Why did I meet that person? It, do I need to, it, am I supposed to learn something here? Am I supposed to teach them something? Are they going to be around for a while? Or just was that, was that it? Was like, I met them today. I'll never see them again. It's fascinating when you start looking at everything that, 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 that happens around you with the understanding that nothing happens without purpose. Everything happens for a reason. It is very beautiful to see everything around you is all interconnected. Everything fits together. 
everything makes sense, but it's up to you to put it together. It's up to you to open yourself to God, nature, the universe, to a higher power and simply say that I am simply one of many. I, where do I fit in this world? And what is supposed, what, what am I supposed to bring to this world? And I don't know where I read this, but I'm pretty sure it's Egyptian mythology, but I, I love the idea. I live my life in a way where when I, I get to the gates of heaven and I meet God and he questions, why would I let you in? I want to be able to prove that to that God that I did more good than bad. It's really just that simple. This is how I choose to lose my, to live my life. Bring more good than bad. That's it. It's that simple. That's my philosophy. Yeah, no, that's great. And yeah, I, I really, it's really beautiful to see life that way. When you're in the midst of life, obviously it's difficult to see it, but everything I do believe happens for the good, even if in the moment it doesn't appear that way. So it's good to, to always keep that in mind. And yeah, well, I think we can wrap it up. Nico, thank you so much for this conversation. Absolutely, man. Yeah, man. And uh, could you please tell people, I know you do coaching. So can you tell us more about those, uh, your, your services, your coaching program, your yeah. website, all that stuff? I, right now I do three types of coaching. I coach men to find purpose. How do they, especially people that are stuck in the corporate world, how do they separate themselves from their current job to go after what they want. So find purpose and then put some steam behind it in order to live your purpose. I, I also help male content creators grow online, like how to create better content, how to work their branding, their messaging, how to use their natural skills in order to develop a style online that is theirs. Like. With my 12 years of high-end experience in sales, I've learned a lot of techniques on how to become, how to create rapport with the people you're speaking to. Because at the end of the day, people online need to see you as an expert. Whatever your niche is, they need to know that you are the person that can help them. And that's why they're following. So I put, I help guys, men create better content, post properly, really take what they have right now and put what I like to call a social media funnel together. Why you post pro certain type of content, knowing that you're going to expect this type of reaction, knowing that you can take that traffic and send it where you want it to go. You take your TikTok traffic and you send it to your YouTube, your YouTube traffic, you send it to your website because you're selling a product or because you have exclusive content there. So there's a methodology behind everything. And that's what I coach people. And then I have a video production company where we have more experienced content creators, where we take over their, their post-production, they record the, they record their stuff. We take it over from there. So we'll do the branding. We'll do the messaging with them. I still got to coach them on being better in front of that camera and creating better content, but we take over their post-production. So they record stuff, dump it on a drive. We take it, we edit it. And it doesn't matter that it's reels, three to five minute video, full podcast for your website, whatever it is. If it has to do with content creation, we take it all over for you. Nice. Nice. That's great. That's a great service. So what are your websites where people can go and find you all that information? 
Yep, you can find me. Just go nicolagan.com. This is my website. My services are there. My blog is there. All the stuff that pertains to me, all the guest appearances that I've done on other big podcasts, everything's there. And you can find me TikTok, Instagram, Facebook at Real Collagen and Nicolagan on YouTube. And Nicolagan is spelled N I C O L A G A N. You so got it. Please go check him out. Well, thank you so much, Nico, for, for being with us today. Yep, thanks for having me.